0: Chapter 9 of A Short History of Russia by Lucy Cazalet. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Violet Blue of Albertville. Vasily the Third, fifteen oh five to fifteen thirty three. Ivan IV, the Fourth, fifteen thirty three to fifteen eighty four. Vasily the Third followed his father's policy of gradually absorbing the smaller princedoms of Russia into the Kingdom of Moscow thus he annexed pskov and ryazan and carried on a war with lithuania for the possession of smolensk which he besieged and captured the crimean tartars who had in the previous reign been the allies of moscow now became her worst enemies they were of course separated from moscow by the arid steppes of south russia but they were very dangerous because they were always making unexpected raids on the country Vasily's first wife had no children, so he forced her to take the veil and was married again to Elena Glinskaya, the daughter of a powerful boyar, by whom he had one son. He died in fifteen thirty three. At Vasily's death, his son, Ivan the IV, Fourth, was only three years old, and during his minority the princes shuski Glinski, and Belski, his mother's relations, carried on the business of state among them and their quarrels the little prince was shamefully neglected he was a child of wonderful natural ability but he was allowed to grow up without restraint and his worst qualities were developed he was naturally cruel and was allowed to torture animals and throw cats from the towers of the kremlin for amusement he was fond of reading and was remarkably well read in the books of the time which were principally religious works and chronicles when he was seventeen ivan was crowned in the cathedral of the assumption and took the title of czar of muscovy two weeks later he married his first wife anastasia at this time a terrible calamity befell moscow the town was almost entirely built of wood and even the streets instead of being paved were covered with planks laid on the ground a fire began and was spread by a violent gale until the whole city was a sea of flame and the inhabitants had to fly for their lives ivan and his court fled to the sparrow hills and watched the conflagration from there after this misfortune ivan decided that he would himself take the management of affairs and chose as his counsellors the priest sylvester and the boyar named andashev by their advice he called a meeting of representatives from every town which was called the zemski and before this assembly he swore to administer justice to all and to protect the people from the oppression of the boyars ivan's first war was with the tartars of kazan who continually harried the outskirts of his dominions so he determined to attack kazan and set out with an army of a hundred and fifty thousand men ivan personally superintended the siege of kazan with the help of german engineers succeeded in blowing up the subterranean passage through which the citizens fetched water from the river kazanka kazan however held out bravely and it was only when the german engineers laid mines under the walls and blew them up that the town was taken by storm in fifteen fifty two four years later ivan conquered astrakhan a tartar stronghold at the mouth of the volga and sylvester and nandashev advised him to attack the crimean tartars and so completely clear the country of them but ivan feared the intervention of the sultan of turkey and returned to moscow a few years later devlet Giray, the crimean khan took advantage of the russian army being engaged in a war with livonia to march an army on moscow he reached the suburbs unopposed and set fire to them whereupon the conflagration spread to the whole town the kremlin which had been rebuilt in stone and brick alone escaped the fire and it was so strongly fortified that the tartars were afraid of attacking it and returned to the crimea next year they again invaded russia but were met by an army under prince rotensky at lopaznia near moscow and completely defeated like his father and his grandfather ivan was anxious to bring russia into closer relations with western europe and encouraged foreign artisans and skilled workmen to come to moscow where he established the first printing press in russia he sent embassies to foreign courts and even wished to marry queen elizabeth of england an offer which was courteously declined a band of english merchants under richard chancellor went to moscow by way of archangel bearing messages of good-will from queen elizabeth and opened up trading relations with muscovy as it was then called Ivan received them most hospitably granted them many privileges and allowed them to establish a factory the harbours of the baltic were at this time closed to the russians being entirely in the hands of the swedes and the german knights of the sword so in fifteen fifty eight ivan made war on the latter with a view to gaining access to the sea his army entered livonia and laid waste more than twenty towns whereupon the master of the order ceded livonia to poland while Estonia gave itself up to the swedes ivan now saw himself involved in a war against two nations and again summoned the zemsky sobor to decide whether he should continue it the sobor decided in favor of carrying it on but although the russians successfully held pskov against the poles they gained no real advantages and in fifteen eighty two ivan made peace with the poles and relinquished livonia to them in fifteen sixty ivan's wife anastasia died and after her death a great change came over him he became suspicious of everybody removed his wise counselors Sylvester and Adashev, banished the former to a monastery on the White Sea, beheaded many of his friends, and generally looked upon the Boyars as enemies and traitors. He left Moscow and took up his abode in the village of Alexandrovsk, a small place situated in a dense forest. Here he lived surrounded by his Oprichniki, a rough bodyguard of a thousand men, commanded by Malyuta Skuratov, and chosen from among the small nobility but perfectly devoted to him they formed his court and allowed themselves unbridled license killing and robbing whomsoever they chose under pretext of punishing the tsar's enemies ivan led a curious life he dressed three hundred of his oprichniki as monks and lived among them in almost monastic austerity broken by wild hunting expeditions and wilder feasts and revels occasionally a frenzy for bloodshed would come upon him and he would order a whole series of executions and tortures thus in fifteen seventy he went to novgorod where he had been told there was a plot against him and ordered his oprichniki to destroy the monasteries and the houses of the boyars and put to death several thousand of the citizens ivan was surnamed the terrible a name he richly deserved he was subject to attacks of blind fury and in one of these he hurled his iron-shod staff at his eldest son ivan and killed him by anastasia ivan had two sons ivan and feodor but after her death he was several times married and by his last wife mary he had a little son Dmitri. ivan the terrible died in fifteen eighty four leaving his throne to his second son Feodor during the fifteenth and sixteenth centuries a community of freebooters called the cossacks had gradually come into existence in the steppes bordering on the don it was recruited from among outlaws criminals and vagabonds in fact from all the elements which could not be reconciled with law and order and formed a powerful band of armed men who carried on perpetual skirmishes with the tartars but quite as frequently attacked russian merchants sailing down the don and volga the cossacks chose a ruler or hetman from among themselves and he led them in battle but his power was controlled by a meeting or veche called also the krug or rada in ivan's time the depredations of the cossacks were so frequent that he sent an army to clear the volga of them and it was then yermak one of their leaders took his followers up the kama and took service with the these Stroganoffs were a family of merchants who owned large estates and saltpans on the banks of the kama and as they were much molested by the ural tartars and other wild tribes they had been allowed to build forts on their land and maintain a small army to protect themselves when Yermak and his cossacks came to them they equipped an expedition against the ural tartars about a thousand cossacks successfully crossed the ural mountains and after many battles took Sibir khan kuchum's capital and broke the power of the tartars yermak at once dispatched messengers to ivan telling him that he had conquered and annexed siberia in the tsar's name and in return for these services ivan granted him a large sum of money and a free pardon for all his former offences of chapter nine recording by violet blue of albertville